It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales Packard and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your regular routine. We're here for you all off-season, every week, no matter what, no matter what's going on. We are bringing you the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We're the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales, here by myself tonight. Jay King, Sam, Jam Packard, have the night off. We're going to continue our schedule breakdown in the next set of shows, but tonight we are continuing part two of our G League conversation with Maine Red Claws play-by-play voice Chris Sedanka, also of the PM Jab. I joined the PM Jab during the season every week to talk about the Celtics, but me and Chris are talking about the G League. Yesterday, if you missed it, we talked about Abdel Nader, we talked about Yabusele, we talked a little bit about the G League as a minor league and how that can support the NBA. Today, we are getting into the G League and how it might impact the NCAA moving forward. We agree, Chris and I, the NCAA is a corrupt organization that is making a ton of money off the backs of young student-athletes who are working hard and not benefiting from their likeness, not betting, not benefiting from their uh, what they're able to do on the court, whether it's basketball or any other sport. So, in our eyes, the G League plays a pivotal role in taking basketball away from the NCAA and creating a minor league system that targets these kids and develops these kids from a young age. So here is part two of my conversation with Chris Sedanka. Here's the next, that's the next part of all of this. With the NCAA, like the NCAA and the NBA have been basically partners. At some Absolutely. point here, at some point here, partnerships got to end, right? Mm-hmm. Like at some yep. point here, the NCAA and the NBA have to say, you know what? This was fun. This was great, but we're going to allow these kids to come out of high school and we're going to develop them ourselves because now this is me talking and you don't have to respond if you don't want to, but you can. The NCAA is a corrupt organization that just (laughs) turns these kids out like sausage and makes a billion. Last year, they made a billion dollars. They took in a billion with a B dollars. And these kids 
a lot of them, assuming that they haven't had some back channel deal with some agent, they're struggling for pizza money. And at some point, these kids have to be like, you know what? Screw this. Screw it. And the NBA has to say, you know what? We're not going to send these kids to Duke or North Carolina or Michigan. We're going to develop them our damn selves. And we're going to do it through the G League. And it it has to, to me, it has to involve a willingness to invest in these kids, a willingness for these rich guys to spend money, which they don't like to do unless they have to. But right. part of why the NCAA exists as it is is because the NBA has said, well, this is free development. But can we get to a point here now? Can the NBA, as they consider allowing kids to come in and be – uh, uh, I'm sorry, to, to come in out of high school, can that further the G League as a real minor league development system? Getting these kids out of high school raw and saying, look, you're going to go to the G League. You're not going to make NBA money, but you're going to make decent money. You're not going to have to fly over to Spain. You're not going to have to learn another language. You're not going to have to be in another culture. You can stay here and make decent money, livable money, six figures at least, which they don't make now, and say, right, we're going to bring you up, and when you're ready to play NBA basketball, we'll bring you up. We'll pay you a little bit more. And when you're not, we'll, we'll send you back down, and you'll develop some more. And, and But there will be a real pipeline, and NCAA be damned. You, you fight for the scraps. Sure. And I, I've said this. I've said this for years. And and listen, this is coming from someone who I'm an uber college basketball fan. I'm an uber college football fan. Um, it's the most corrupt organization there is this side of FIFA or you know the Olympic or you know, the USOC. The Those three, they're, they're yeah. the, the whole yep. trinity of corrupt organizations. Absolutely right. And I think. The NCAA needs the NBA a hell of a lot more than the NBA needs the NCAA. Totally. The problem for the NBA and in the NFL for that reason is they have a free minor league system called college sports. And so it's been easy for them to just basically deal with all of the NCAA's BS uh, because, again, it was like you said, it was rich guys not having to spend as much money because they just have the system that's, that cranks out these incredible players. Uh, and they come in and, and they're begging to get into their league and they have a draft for it. The NBA could say, the hell with you, NCAA. We have this new system called the G League. These guys are going to get paid instead of having to, like you said, having to live off a, a tiny stipend that doesn't cover anything. Um, and we can we can essentially uh, – uh, we can essentially – you know, put these guys together. They can progress in our system. They can learn the NBA right away, the NBA game. They don't have to worry about zone or they don't have to worry about the shorter three-pointer. They don't have to do any of this. It's completely a pro-style uh, type of system to, uh, to, to as, a, as a prospect to, to get ready. And I, I, yes, could the NBA do that? Absolutely. But it's like you said, it starts and ends with the paycheck for these players. And right now, the G League is not in a position – uh, with how it's set up from a money standpoint to, to be that league. So the NCAA is going to come out and they're going to have agents. They're going to have this, they're going to have that. And I think the NBA, uh, 
should take a look at the fact that, hey, listen, do we really need the NCAA telling us how it's going to be run? No, not at all. We need to we need to fight fend for ourselves. I just had a very odd, but to me, delicious thought of a G League tournament <laughs> in March to just completely <laughs> sap the March Madness. Just take if we get to a point where we allow allow these kids to come out of high school and they come into the NBA and most of them won't be ready. We saw the last time kids from high school were allowed into the NBA. I thought it was horrible for, yeah, for the terrible. league. Yeah. But if they, if all of those kids go into, and they are kids, we can't actually call them kids because they're like 17 years old. If they <laughs> all go right. into the, the G League and every March there's a big tournament and the NBA somehow allows the focus to be on that tournament, wouldn't that be just big middle finger to the NCAA? Like, I would love it. I would love it if that happened. Yep. Well, and quite honestly, it's something else I say all the time. I know I've been saying that a lot, but, hey, I do have a radio show, so we talk a lot about this stuff. But ultimately, the NCAA, if the NBA were to do this, let's say five five six years down the road, the NBA were to do this. The NCAA would be fine. There's still going to be tons of kids, really good basketball players that are going to go play for, for Duke and Kentucky and all the way down to, you know, University of Maine, whatever the sport's going to be. They're not going to be hurting for basketball players. You're going to see a lot of teams, you know, with, with four-year guys uh, playing, and, it, and it's going to be fun. It's just I think both can survive this, and I hope the NBA understands that for them, the better play is to essentially invest in their own league. Yeah. I agree. I've been a proponent of a pipeline directly into the NBA from, you know, I don't like the AAU, AAU system the way it's uh, the way it's turned out. Um, right. You want to talk about corruption? Yeah, that's that is just and look, anywhere there's talent and this sucks, there's going to be somebody who wants to latch on to that talent like a remora on a great white and ride it to, you know, a free meal. <laughs> So, but if you can regulate that somehow and nothing is perfect, there's no perfect system, but I would rather identify these kids in middle school, high school, and drive them into a USA basketball pipeline. And I know the NCAA pointed to USA basketball kind of weirdly and USA basketball is like, what we're doing what now? But I think USA <laughs> basketball can be the conduit. I think that could be the way where the right people, and maybe that means not having NBA people involved with the coaching, but some way you can get these kids from middle school to high school to a minor league to the NBA. My goal personally is I, I want to look out for these kids I want to make sure that these kids are getting the right direction because the biggest problem the last time was the assholes who latched onto these kids and said, yeah, I'm going to ride you to the top. And they made a bunch of money and the kid never made it. And they were, and they just discarded the kid like trash. I don't want that. Right. I want these kids to have a good chance to make it. And if they don't make it in the NBA, well then they can go overseas and make some money if they want. But I'm looking for a system 
and I think the G League is heavily involved in this, where these guys can be actually developed, coached, prepared, and slowly make their money, but eventually make the money that they're supposed to make. And I want these guys all to succeed. Personally, I just want all these guys to make it. And I don't think sure. the current system is the way that, that, that they're going to make it. But ultimately, the G League is going to be a big factor in all of this. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Sure, absolutely. And and it's sitting right there and with how the NBA is marketed and the, you know, how the NBA continues to, I think, take market share from other sports, especially in this country and how well they've adapted to social media, how well that their players interact with one another as well as fans. They have potentially. I don't. I'm not, I don't. I don't want to use the term goldmine, but I think they have a system in place right now that they must be looking at and realizing how much bigger it could potentially get. Hell, I mean, the, I think the WNBA is thriving right now as well. So, I mean, ultimately, you're talking about another NBA property that they're going to start. I think investing more in. It's been on ESPNU the last few years. Uh, even NBA, NBC Sports Boston picked up five Red Claws games at the end of last year. Yep. And people are starting to pay a lot more attention for it. And these kids are seeing that there's an opportunity to, or an NBA, and these kids are seeing these opportunities to, to market themselves, to, to be a, a major player, potentially uh, on a, on a Sunday night, if there's no NBA, whatever the case might be. I, you know, I think there, there are possibilities that, that I'm sure the NBA has, has looked at and hopefully will continue to progress with. All right. Well, now that we've solved everybody's problems, let's <laughs> we we're fixing this league. I think I think that there is a future, and look, it, and it's better for these minor league teams. Now, of course, I say this as a a native of Pawtucket, Rhode Island, 
and I'm sitting here yeah. watching these reports yeah. of the Pawtucket Red Sox going to Worcester. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. And terrible. I and look, this is this is the Triple A team. I haven't been to one of their games in a couple of years because I haven't been living around there. Makes me feel really bad for like Seattle when you watch a major league, uh, a major team like the Sonics go away. That really gives me a a better appreciation for that. But anyway, I digress. I just wanted to vent (laughs) a little bit of frustration for that. Uh, But if this all happens, man, imagine how fun it would be for people to go to Portland, Maine and watch a game and, and to have a full minor league. Like for me growing up watching the Pawtucket Red Sox, I got to see Wade Boggs come through Roger Clemens come through and that's totally me dating myself, but kids can go to these games. And I think from an NBA standpoint, when you're hooking somebody, I mean, let's, it's like the cigarette maker playbook, hook them young and just keep them addicted. That's, I mean, without the health, you know, the evil health thing involved, you can hook a young kid in the Portland, Maine area, a place where basketball, NBA basketball doesn't really exist, but a teenager can say, I saw Robert Williams come through. I saw player X come through. And in this big minor league system that works bypassing the NBA, you've got young players with talent that are much more likely to become good players. You can say, yeah, I'm from Maine. I'm from Portland. Or I'm from northeastern Massachusetts or New Hampshire. I made the drive. I saw these guys. I didn't make it down to Boston, but I still saw these guys play. That has a lot of value. From the NBA building its audience, you've got people in non-NBA cities invested in the NBA team because they're seeing these guys come through these minor league systems, and that just only serves to grow the product. No question about it. And, uh, I, you know, we see that you mentioned with baseball, it's the same up here with the double a Red Sox affiliate that's in Portland and everyone will we take calls all the time on the show about, Hey, remember when, you know, John Lester was here, Dustin Bedroya, you know, Mookie Betts, you name it. Yeah. And, and these guys have come through and, and the guys I on the injury, we, uh, the rehab assignments. Yeah. Yep. Rehab assignment guys too. And, and, you know, that's been talked about. I get that question all the time when there's an injury. It's like, uh, you know, I, can't, I think Paul Pierce was here a long time. And someone asked me if Paul Pierce was coming here. I was like, no, <laughs> no, he's going to start playing. He's going to start playing right away. <laughs> Boston. But, you know, you get that kind of stuff. And and I, I think you're right, John. And, and it's so much better than it was 10 years ago. I mean, 10 years ago, uh, the best player I think I saw was, Bill Walker now slash Henry Walker. And, you know, he was a nice player and he, he stuck around for a little while, but now you're, you're seeing all kinds of potential guys play. And, and, you know, just over the last couple of years, especially with two way contracts, it's been fun to watch. And it's uh, Steph Curry's brother, Seth Curry was in this league for a little while. And, and we saw uh, Jeremy Lin come through just absolutely terrorizing this league. And you could tell when a guy is just too good for this league too, but it's fun to watch because they're outstanding basketball players. Jabari Bird, 
I think people, you know, if he gets an opportunity, uh, you know, before his unfortunate injury last year, I mean, he was unbelievable to watch and he had really been working on his defense. And I think the, you know, the Celtics are, are, are seeing, you know, they see something with him and, and I think he has an opportunity to, to be a, be a pretty darn good player. So, uh, you know, uh, Tim, Tim Frazier, who was on this team, still one of the best players I ever saw play in the G league. And he's, he's made a nice little career for himself, uh, uh, in the NBA over the last five or six years or so. So it's, it's, it's fun to watch. And I think that's getting better, but five, 10 more years down the road, I, I, that'll be the big, the big question. You know, that'll be the big tell. If, if we're seeing guy after guy start his, his professional feet, uh, professional basketball career in this league, opposed to the NCAA or going overseas, that will be the, the big time hit for the NBA. And, and I, they have to understand that connection. And I'm sure they see it in Major League Baseball. I'm sure they see it in the NHL. And the NFL's never had a minor league system outside of college. So and it's, you know, I'm sure they'll stay that way. Though who knows with some of these new leagues coming in. But from an NBA standpoint, it's, the framework's already set. It's about building the house. Exactly. Exactly. I am a big believer in the G League, and I think the future of NBA basketball is G League-centric when it comes to developing players. I think the smartest thing the NBA can do is get these guys young, bring them in through whatever pipeline it is. Part of that pipeline is the G League, and the G League spills into a eventual and eventual NBA experience. And that ultimately that's basically what we're talking about here is for the role players. The star players are coming out and they're, they're going to become stars. The Jason Tatum's of the world are going to just nothing stopping them. There's no, those guys, Tatum, Mitchell Simmons, those guys are coming out, whether it's a year in college or straight out, those guys are good enough where they're going to get, no or minimal minor league experience. But right. we know that where champions are made is those guys that can fill the bench, that make uh, little money, or relatively speaking, much more money than I'll ever make, but little money <laughs> compared to whatever the other guys are making. But those guys, if you can bring a guy off of your bench that can play 15 minutes and be solid, that can not screw you, that cannot kill you, that can come in and give you a good 15 minutes. If he's a guy that you've developed over the course of a few years, he's 23 years old, he can come in and execute the plan. That's a big, big step towards a championship team because the drop-off is where champions and also rands separate the drop-off from your starters to your bench is where people where teams separate so i think what we're talking about is that secret ingredient that spice that something where you're like man i can't believe this dish is so much better than the other place what's your secret the secret is the G League. Yep. All right. Yep. And yeah, I mean, and again, I think any of us who have worked in, 
for this for this organization, or not necessarily organization, but in this league over the last uh, decade or so, I think we've seen it. I mean, it's it's. I remember my my the first time I ever saw the G League. I was in college in the early two thousands, and every team was in like Alabama and <laughs> Georgia and North Carolina, and games were three o'clock on a Monday afternoon on ESPN, and it was just what is this? <laughs> and, and now to where so to where it is. It, it's still relatively young. I mean, if you think about it, uh, I think minor league baseball has been around for probably as long as major league baseball has been around. So to think that the league is, has grown as much as it has in, in roughly 20 years or so, that's great. But at the same time, I think a lot of us are also, I think a lot of us also see the potential and the potential that I don't, I don't necessarily want to say hasn't been met yet, but the potential that you hope is met uh, is, uh, is, is going to happen. So, uh, as exciting as, as it is, and as fun as the league is, we all see that, that they're, you know, our eyes are still wide seeing what the potential could be. I love it. There's so much more here. Um, I know this is a great August conversation, but it's a great conversation for basketball lovers to have absolutely the, uh, you know, I like, this is, this is the type of stuff that just, this makes my blood flow. I love it so much. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, man. And uh, you guys do a great job. Looking forward to uh, basketball starting up here soon enough. Love it. Thanks. A lot of great stuff there with Chris. Uh, I love talking to him. He's great. If you are in the Portland, Maine area, Chris is the play-by-play voice of the Maine Red Claws. He's also on the PM Jab. So search for Chris. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Sedenka. That's S E D E N K A at Chris Sedenka. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's a good guy. Great follow. Very deep with the Celtics. Again, he's their play by play voice in Portland with the main red claws. So check that out again. Like Millie said, so in depth, we might do an hour about the G league. We just did an hour about the G league, me and Chris. So, That is worth you subscribing to the podcast. Search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcast. And if you are a subscriber, if you're already a subscriber, then you give us a five-star review. uh, Give us a good review and share the podcast. Tell everybody because it helps us out a lot. Tell everybody to search and find and listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.